this week we have a kitten on my desk. No, uh, no, no content warnings that I'm aware of at this point in the recording. I may be back here re-recording this later, so we'll see. I'll try not to say anything egregious. So the other warning is that, as mentioned, we have cats, we have dogs, we have chickens, and they make noise. Maybe not the chickens. If the chickens are making noise when it's this dark outside, then uh, we'll probably have to stop the recording and I'll have to go check on it. It's a thing. But Hound is here like in my lap being Hound. And Shaw's being adorable and asleep on my laptop. So, you know, that's how it is. Uh, Oh, and here comes Sergey. So expect swearing. And that's the final thing. Expect swearing. We swear a lot. We've been better on the podcast lately, but in general, we swear a lot, and so... What we, is that noise? That's that's my, my boots squeaking up against my... Oh, okay. My, yeah. I could not figure it out. It, I was like, I don't think the dog is farting, because it's not the dog fart noise. No, it's not. But it's close, so... Anyway, we're liable to use language that you do not hear or is often considered polite, and therefore we've marked this explicit. Yes, something like that. Also, if the dog farts, there will be a terribly sorrowful noise, probably from me. And a lot of swearing. Oh, so there yes, you go. Beautiful. Welcome to Productivity Alchemy, episode 176. And I have a great interview this week with one of my fellow opensource.com contributors, uh, Jim Hall, who also founded the FreeDOS project, which is really cool. And Jim's a great guy. And I can't wait to share that interview. Um, In the meantime, uh, it's been a week. We had a holiday in the middle of it. We did. And it's surprising how many things we got done during the holiday, even though we also had at least one sort of tragedy over the last week, and that is our dryer died. Uh, it has been the 2020 has been like just appliances going uh, right. the washing machine or the wash uh, the dishwasher, dishwasher the fridge fridge and now the dryer and the dryer and ha- have you called the dryer place back recently to see if they no I mean it's you? the same place that does the dishwasher and we're waiting on a part another part for that yeah m- maybe you should follow up with them again if you haven't heard anything yeah. back on the dryer I'm, I'm, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's been a problem mm-hmm. because, of course, it happened right at a time when we had been putting off doing the laundry because for, uh, yeah. for a bit because of Thanksgiving and all, and you know everyone was busy, and then uh, yeah, it was just it was a lot. It was a and, lot. Uh, so yeah, hound, please. So please I, I actually had therefore a surprisingly like my holiday weekend was way more productive than it needed to be. Because I was like up one morning and getting the laundry out and replacing the uh, windshield wipers on the vehicle. And we, you know, took all the garbage to the dump. And it's a holiday weekend. We could have just sat on our butts. And, you know, I think it'd been sort of planning to, but what with one thing or another, we got a lot done. Yeah. And then on top of it all, uh, you. Finished a book. Yes, I was also writing the entire weekend because I was nearly at the end of the book. Monday, I finished it and handed it in. Um, I am at the stage of the book where I don't know if I've actually filled in all the holes, whether it is just (laughs) an incoherent mess, what words are, why are words, why do people pay me for words, what even is this? So I just sent it to my editor with, you know, what are words, why, what am I doing 
how. And my editor's like, I shall deliver your edits in interpretive dance because what are words really? And so. and that may be one of the most 2020 moods I've heard about <laughs> getting things done. Really. Well, honestly, I get that. At the end of every book, there's usually a point where you're just like, what am I doing? No longer, no. Words, <laughs> eh. And uh, so I was good. I took today off and did not write. Yeah, no, no, Hound, don't, Which is, don't yes. but the microphone. Yes, Hound, he's so beautiful. Which is kind of funny. Uh, I had hopped over. Our friend Merle Lafferty has a Twitch stream. Every Tuesday and Thursday, I believe, she is streaming uh, I Should Be Writing, sort of little snippet things. Not like doing, like, it's sort of like a mini I Should Be Writing live. I'm not sure if it ends up on the podcast or not. Um and it's kind of cool, and I was just like, oh, there was a pop-up, and I I was just like, okay, I'll hop on there. And I'm supposed to give you a look. What look is that? Uh, well, the discussion of completing NaNoWriMo came up. Yes. And I said, well, you finished a book yesterday, and so does that count as winning NaNoWriMo? Not in this case, no. Not, not in this case, but what Murr said was that you, because you tend to do, what is it, 2,000 words a day? No, no I do like 1,000 words a day until I start to get towards the end of things, and then I'm like, I mean, I, did, I had a 3,000-word day in there and whatnot, too. Yeah, but, but yeah. I'm supposed to give you a look. What, what's that? What? Just the, you, you know the Murr look. The the myrrh cannot believe you are saying this look. But I finished a book. You did, and it's worth celebrating. But also, Murr said something effective. Uh, it doesn't really count because Ursula completes NaNoWriMo every month. No, I don't and... come even close to that. That is that is a gross miscarriage of, of word count. I think I get probably, uh, I average, oh... Eighteen to 20,000 words a month. NaNoWriMo is supposed to be 50,000, so I don't even do half a NaNoWriMo. Okay. In, in, in all fairness, though, folks, um, if you get a chance, check out I Should Be Writing, uh, and especially like the Twitch streams. I do occasionally show up if I'm having one of those days at work where it's like I am pushing a button and waiting for results and then changing a very small thing and waiting for results again. That's the kind of day where I might show up and, you know – Mer's stream chat or on the chicken cam chat or something. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, so finish the book. Yay. Uh, this is the second Paladin book. Um, I'm hoping it's not a miserable, confused mess, but I wrote it in 2020, so none mm. of us know. Uh, which reminds <laughs> me, Kevin, I'm going to send it to you and hover over you until you tell me that it's, it doesn't shame my ancestors. I Someone else got in line in front of you. Do I need to bump them back one? Are you married to them? No. Then what do you think the answer is, dear? <laughs> okay. That No, no. I just, I, you know, sometimes you just ask knowing the answer, but you take that chance. I, I, I how often do I ever exert marriage privilege? Every time you have a book for me to read. Okay, but that's only like <laughs> three, maybe four times a year. I mean, this is true. Uh, this is true. When do I ever do it about anything that really matters? Um, 
once in 2020, and that's about it. Yes. And so, um, yeah, no, it's not. It's not something. It's not the you do not pull the wife <laughs> card out or the I am putting my foot down and there is no recourse recourse uh, card out unless it is something you feel incredibly uh, passionate about. And or you have a, a book for me to read. Right. And and, you know, it's and at that point, it's please do this so I don't turn into a clawing, whimpering heap of, of right. horror. Right. Yeah. Am, am I allowed to finish the book I'm currently reading first? How close are you to done? Uh, I will have to look. Fortunately, it's a short story collection. So if in the middle of one of the stories, I'll finish that story. Oh, that's and then that's I'll go fine, read then. it. Okay, sounds yeah. good. Yes, okay. it's just it's just what if this book is terrible and I'm like expecting it to come out in February, but it's actually terrible. I'm sure it's fine. It'll be fine. I, I okay. Forget the book. There are kittens grooming each other on your laptop. Like we cannot be expected to work under. It's these problem. It's a problem. So how was your week? You you have had a frustrating week, or, or I don't know if it's frustrating, but you you came to bed yesterday, like looking like you'd been drugged backwards behind a semi. I we hit one of those problems, uh, like so we had our team meeting yesterday, and we did this interesting thing. It was um, an agendaless, um, kind of like a, a, an agendaless team meeting where we. Basically took the time. This is this is actually relevant to the podcast too. Um, took the time at the beginning of the meeting to kind of put out ideas that we wanted. That maybe the the for lack of a better term, the the normal people, the individual contributors, topics that we maybe had concerns about or wanted to discuss, and then voted on them. Hmm. Um. Hold on, let me let me look it up. But it was really interesting because it, it gave a whole other sort of context around um, what we're thinking of, and it's bookmarked on my other of course machine. Of course it is. So, uh, but and I'll link it in the show notes. But it was an interesting it was an interesting process because then what we ended up with was a lengthy discussion of standardization and technical debt in our code base. Which was actually kind of relevant because – You might want to save your fizzy water. Give me – stay away from those things there, kitty cat. Yeah. Hobbs hates cans of fizzy water. They hiss and therefore he must fight them. I think this one's mostly flat, so he's not as interested. See, look, he's bored. He's leaving already. Hey, buddy. Um, anyway, the, the whole thing is that the, the problem I'm trying to solve that had actually caused an incident – uh, is due to some more recent changes to how our processes and the programs we use. And so I'm having to go back and clean up a bunch of decisions from like two years ago that uh, suddenly are a problem. And that's, I mean, it's technical debt. It's, it's a thing. And it's like part of it's surprisingly easy and the other hard part is really difficult. And so I've been focused more on the really difficult Parts, which is why today I've been doing a lot of change a little piece of code, run the thing, wait, see Pray the for results. The sweet release of death. Yeah, and and that's why I had a chance to visit uh, Mer's stream today <laughs> yeah. because it was all change a line, wait, change a line, wait. Um, and it's and that's a thing that happens when you're when you're troubleshooting these big, not 
big, but these tricky problems that, that are in large complex systems is you have to make a little change sometimes to see if it's going to make the big impact or if it's the right little change. Um, when I was working on it on Wednesday, the part that I actually sent to the testing group today, um, it was like, this is going to be a little change. And then as I was digging in and testing and looking at how everything works and trying to verify it, it turns out that, yes, that little change was one, but that I had to make about 80 more little changes in different files <laughs> in other places uh, because of how the whole thing had been done. Uh, it's actually much better now than it was then. So I think overall it's an improvement. It's just it, – it's tedious and frustrating when you're banging your head against something about why didn't this work? Why didn't this work? Oh, my God. What do you mean that that is all these other places? Now I have to go look at them. Well, um, technical debt, it catches up with you. It does. It does. Uh, and there was – but one of the great things about the meeting was there was actually a discussion around what do we consider technical debt. And and that's – a. a question every organization is, is challenged with. Like, just because something is old, is that technical debt? Is it technical debt because it's in a language that, you know, is is not as robust as the more modern ones? You know, how do you determine that? How do you determine the effort to go in to fix it? So, I mean, fascinating, fascinating stuff if you're in technology and you're into um, – Things like processes and organization the way I am. Well, you have an interview with someone who's also into technology. Yes. Um, Jim Hall is a contributor to opensource.com. That's how I met Jim uh, when I was uh, asked to join the contributor program um, earlier this year. Jim is fantastic. And uh, so this was a trade-off. Uh, Jim teaches at uh, – I forget which school in, in uh, Minneapolis-St. Paul. But he's uh, he's a teacher in uh, like one of the uh, community colleges, and was talking to people about what he's doing a course on technical writing. He was talking about what technical writing means to different people in technology, and it was a great you know. And I did a, a like fifteen minute discussion with him about that, and he presented to his his students. In return, we did this interview about how Jim stays productive and keeps himself organized. And we're going to have that for you right after this. Day with my friend Jim Hall, who I met through my time on the uh, the short time I've been there now, the OpenSource.com correspondence program. Jim is one of my fellow correspondents and writes some really good stuff on uh, things like free DOS and open source education and a lot of fun. So, uh, Jim, I'm really glad to have you here this week. Um, can you do a better introduction and maybe tell <laughs> us a little bit more about what it is you do? Sure. Um, I'm Jim Hall. 
Um, so talking about my open source background, I've been involved in open source software forever. Uh, not doing a complete dive, I guess, on my open source history, but it does start in 1993, uh, when I uh, was a student at university and I was kind of got to use open source software for the first time. And it kind of blew my mind. It really high quality stuff, but available for free and you get the source code. Um, so Emacs and GNU plot were my first programs. And from there oh, I yeah. ran Linux. And, uh, and then, uh, I wrote, uh, I was a big DOS user actually growing up. And, uh, so say we all. So, say oh, yes. We all. <laughs> oh, yes. If you're of a certain age, it's just almost guaranteed. And, uh, start with Apple II and then moved on to, on to DOS. And then I'd, uh, written my own programs to kind of extend DOS. And so I was, you know, that much of a, of a DOS guy. And, um, in 94, Microsoft had make, made some noise that the next version of Windows is going to do away with DOS. And if you remember what Windows looked like at the time, oh, Windows yeah. 3.1, yeah. uh, you'd understand me going, I, I don't want Windows 4 or 3.2 or whatever the next version will whatever, be. Whatever it's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I'd rather write my own. And so I did. I had this. Very uh, uh, naive decision that I was, didn't realize what I was getting myself into, that I was going to write a, an operating system. I didn't realize how big a project that was. But uh, <laughs> uh, So me and a bunch of other people on the Internet wrote, uh, wrote FreeDOS, and so I've been part of that ever since. I've been part of, like, dozens uh, of open source projects and contributed to open source projects over the years. But, uh, like, I've, I've done a lot of work with GNOME. Uh, I do a lot of usability testing with GNOME. Um, and, uh, and, and I like working on that project, but probably the one that will be on my tombstone one day when I die is I was the FreeDOS guy. So yeah, I've done a lot of, lot of open source free software type stuff. And I write, probably write more about open source software today than, than I write open source itself. Uh, and so that's, yeah, how you and I met on opensource.com. So I write a lot of articles there. We're both correspondents, uh, with them. And, uh, Outside of that, I uh, uh, my my day job, I guess you'd say, is I'm the CEO of Halmentum. I, I'm a consulting company, an individual or, or a, a yeah, I'm a consulting company, uh, and I mostly do like uh, training and uh, workshops, um, and coaching. So mainly to help uh, IT leaders. That's where I do a lot of my business. Uh, because before this, I was um, the uh, chief information officer for Ramsey County, Minnesota, for a little over three years, doing a lot of uh, well, helping helping shape the IT at, uh, at at the county and how we serve our residents. Ramsey County uh, has the uh, state capital of Minnesota, the smallest geographically, but it's the uh, second largest by population. So it, was, it had a lot of interesting, unique uh, challenges that we faced there because of the population density. For that, I was the campus chief information officer for the University of Minnesota Morris. And uh, so I, I've been a CIO now, to, I guess, total for about eight or nine years, if you count both those jobs together, plus a bunch of other stuff before that. And I kind of got to the point where I'm like, you know, we do a bad job in IT of like preparing the next round of IT leadership. So a terrible job. No, you're, you're absolutely exactly. right. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody thinks about how we're going to help the next round. So I, uh, uh, that's why I created uh, Homentum. I left uh, government and, and, uh, and created Homentum. So that's, that's what I do now. Yeah. It, it's funny when I was uh, being a Boy Scout leader for my kids. 
right? Um, one of the trainings we, one of the things that's sort of hammered into in the trainings and the training program that the Boy Scouts have had is for leaders is uh, nothing short of amazing, I think. Uh, but one of the things they hammered in is you are teaching, you are training, you are teaching future leaders. It's not just this. You're, you know, this is why we do it. This is the growth we're trying to encourage and, and things like that. So, um, yeah, no, not enough people are thinking about what, where the next generation of leaders for these projects uh, right. or, or environments is, are, are coming from. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. And right now you're, you're teaching courses at the University of Minnesota. Yeah, so I do a lot of other stuff besides that. Yeah, exactly. I got a long list of things that I do. And so I, uh, I'm also uh, adjunct faculty at a couple of different universities. One of them is uh, the University of Minnesota. And uh, I, I, right now I'm teaching a, uh, uh, a writing class about technical and professional writing. Uh, in spring, I'm looking forward to teaching a class about usability. I'm also going to teach that class again, by the way, in spring semester. Yeah, uh, and I'm teaching at another university. I'm teaching uh, management information systems, which I love teaching. That's, that's my second year doing that one. I just love teaching that one because uh, that one has a lot of history of oh, technology. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I love I love going because I love going into that with my students. I like I give them a bit of background. Like right now, we're learning about uh, you know Excel and what Excel does. And so I started that I started that conversation by saying, well. Excel looks and acts the way it does because it stole the market from uh, Lotus One Two Three. Lotus One Two Three, yeah, and even Lotus One Two Three looks and acts the way it does because it stole the market from VisiCalc. So Excel looks and acts the way it does because VisiCalc in 1979. Yeah, and you know it's like we we don't always realize how much of a debt we owe WordStar for modern word processor functionality because so many of WordStar's features and functions and sometimes even hotkeys are still available in modern word processors today. Yeah. 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 And, yeah, I'm showing my age knowing what WordStar is. I realize that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, So you got a lot going on. How do you keep all of that organized? Oh gosh, I'm I'm kind of old school. I think in the way that I keep myself organized, I I, I have a big you know uh, to do list uh, on, a, on a board in my office, uh, and so that's that's it's not really a, I guess a white it's not a whiteboard right now. It's really just easel sheets. So I need to upgrade to a whiteboard, but uh, you know I do a lot of stuff with uh, you know writing stuff down. There's just something about uh, writing something down and being able to check it off later. Yeah, uh, I, I'm a Filofax user. I, I, I've been doing a lot of different paper planners lately, and there's just that nice feeling of here's my list for this week, and here's what I postponed, and here's what is done and done and done and done. Yep. Yeah, there's yep. just something nice about being able to check that off. It's done. <laughs> uh, something else I do, actually, is um, I do a thing called a work plan, um, which is something I learned a while back from a former manager uh, and I've kind of adopted it ever since. So I was at the time I was the senior manager for enterprise IT operations and infrastructure. That was a big long time, big long title. Um, and so the work plan, it's uh, it's it's if you ever looked at one, it's kind of hard to understand. I think the first time you look at one, but the general concept is uh, you lay out uh weeks, right? The, the, the what you're mm-hmm. looking at. And I generally look, think ahead in terms of quarters. So I do a quarterly based work plan. So 13 weeks, right? Because 52 weeks in a year, half that's 26, half that's 13. So 13 right. weeks in a, in, a, in a quarter. And then um, 
And then you've got rows on your, because it's in a spreadsheet. So you got rows that show the different projects that you want to work on, specifically the different tasks for these different projects that you need to work on. And so then I'm, I'm able to kind of indicate for each cell, so for each column on each, for each of those rows, you mm -hmm. indicate how much time you're going to spend on each one of those. Uh, okay. and, and what happens is if you can, uh, at, for if, if each column, and so like each, each entry is like the, the amount of days that you plan to spend on that task for that week, right? Mm -hmm. Cause it's all based on weeks. And so if, if you can do a sum of every column and every column is 5.0, then that's a filled week. Yeah. And so there's a little more to it than that, but that's, that's kind of how I do it. And, you know, you even want to track in there, like, you know, I want to take some time off for vacations because oh, I become yeah. very grumpy if I don't get time off. So I'll occasionally bring up, put in some plan for some time off, um, you know, holidays, things like that. And so, you know, you just need to, pl you, you can, you can account for a lot of things by putting it into that work plan. So you kind of know what yeah. you're doing. I'll tell you a quick story. I actually uh, applied this when I was uh, a campus CIO. So when I got to that, that campus, uh, I talked with the, my developers that were working under me and I asked them, how, how are we doing on our projects? And they're like, yeah, we're doing really well. You know, we were, we're we got buried under a lot of work, got a lot of work coming our way. We're doing okay. And then I went and talked to our customers across campus and they said, uh, you guys do good work, but it feels like nothing's getting done, which yeah. two different opinions. So, uh, what it really came down to was there was no prioritization and, and, no planning ahead. And so what we did is we just implemented the work plan uh, mm -hmm. for everybody in my team. And that meant that we had transparency in our team about how much time we were going to really commit to working on these customer projects and how much stuff for internal projects. Yeah. And I was able to go back to the customers and say, this is how much time we've carved out for each of these developers. That's your time. You need to manage within that time. And within three months, because it, it was a quarterly-based work plan, within three months, um, everybody was on board. They're like, oh, wow, how did we live without this? So, yeah, it's it's just just bringing some organization into that sort of environment um, is, a, is always a net positive. And doing it, that sounds like a really lightweight comparatively. Comparatively, way yeah. to get that ball rolling. Yeah. So and and I guess that's also depending on which way you want to go, it's a great way to start maybe looking at more formal planning or formal ish in the case of agile planning mm -hmm. uh, down the road. So that we start with this is how much time we have. These are your priorities. So let's figure out how that balances to start breaking it down to smaller feedback loops and work with the customer directly and all that good stuff. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's definitely the first step to making. Uh, to getting things organized, right? So you know, once you once right. you've got that tackled, then you sort of can add on more more stuff. As you say, kind of agile frameworks and things like that, so that manage the individual tasks. But being able to carve out your time to commit to those tasks is uh, is definitely that that first that first step. And and make sure you're not burning out your people. And making sure you're not burning out your people, because you know it's a bad thing when you have. When you have, uh, you know, six days in a week being planned, it's like, well, you've only got five. <laughs> I'm, I don't want you to yeah. work six days a week. So let's, yeah, uh, let's and, plan and that let's, Yeah, and you can also see that if, if, you know, the number of developers and the number of hours allocated don't break down to basically, you know, 
divide out to be five per developer at the end, you've got a problem and have to rethink some of the prioritization or talk to somebody about hiring more people. And I know in government, that's a hard sell. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I have used that work plan as a way to justify more staff, right? So I'm, yeah. we are, we are not getting our, our stuff done. We're, this is what we're allocating. This is what we're leaving on the table. We need to get, we need to, we need to hire more staff or we need to take projects off our list, right? Which nobody wants to do. So I've used that as a way to justify getting more staff added. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, so that's that's actually one system that you're using currently, and I guess that's your primary system. Uh, yep. What other systems and habits do you use? And um, maybe a little bit about some of the other tools you use too. Yeah, so um, I find it's helpful to kind of keep everything in one spot, although I guess I wouldn't really say it's one spot. It's like more like two. Um, I just generally don't want to have things like spread all over. We have to look everywhere for something. So uh, yeah. like looking at my documents that I have and my, for the things I'm tracking, I keep them generally in like two different spots, but they're pretty well defined as to what goes where. Right. So if I'm most yeah. of my writing uh, and most of my spreadsheets and all of my presentations that I do, uh, they're all stored in my Google docs account. Right. So I got a Google, Google, yeah. Google docs account and that's a, you know, it's a great way to, to 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 work on stuff no matter where I go, right? It doesn't matter if I'm, like, yeah. visiting somebody and I've got my Chromebook because I've got a Chromebook for when I need to go travel because uh, I say about Chromebook because there's nothing on it. So if it gets lost or stolen, oh, yeah. no problem. And uh, Or it doesn't matter if I'm working at home on my Linux machine. Uh, you know, I'm able to access the same documents no matter where I am. So that helps, that helps a ton. Uh, and, uh, you know, Google Docs does a lot of stuff very well. And in fact, I, I love, <laughs> love the, um, uh, the spreadsheet and I love the, uh, uh, the, 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 basically the PowerPoint. So the, the slides, uh, tool, yeah. uh, I actually think slides there is probably the easiest tool I've used for, for doing slides, uh, of anywhere. Um, and so, yeah, I do a lot of stuff there with, uh, with Google drive. Um, and, where I so like all the articles I write for open source, uh, I write them all on on Google Drive on Google Docs. Um, that's just easiest place to put it. Yeah. Um, it's really nice to be able to say, "Here is a link to the document for editing." Yep. Just send a link off, and you can share it as edit or suggest or whatever you need to say. You know, uh, it's a great way to collaborate. Um, oh, yeah. And better than better than emailing documents back and forth. I'll tell you that. Uh, and then the other way I do stuff is like uh, I have some stuff I do locally. Um, and I've got like, I will say, well-defined things I do locally. So if I need to do something that requires a lot of like fine control on something, mm -hmm. uh, like fine styling, um, I'll do that in, in LibreOffice. Okay. Uh, so, for example, I do a lot of, I mentioned a lot of training, a lot of workshops for what I do in my, in my consulting business. Uh, and every training that I do, every workshop that I do has a workbook that goes along with it. Well, that, that's basically writing a book. Yeah. It's 20 or 30 pages, but it's a book. And so, uh, that requires pretty good formatting. I could write that in, in Google Docs, but, uh, with the, the fine control over styles, I, I just find it easier to do it in LibreOffice. Uh, and so that, that's something I do. And of course, I write, uh, I'm also, um, I've written a couple of books and I write those in LibreOffice. Although I might 
start in Google Drive uh, just to do the collaboration with my editors. But then once it's ready for print, I, I put it in Google in, into LibreOffice. Yeah. Uh, I also do use the final uh, bits, right? Yeah, the final bits. It's like, okay, we've done all the grammar, all the spelling, all the you know organization, and now it, now it's like we're getting ready to go to print. So I'll copy and import all that stuff into a LibreOffice document and do all the fine tuning for formatting mm-hmm. there. So make sure all the pa- you know chapters start on the right hand page and things like that, uh, yeah. which you can easily do in a style. Um, you know, table of contents, all that sort of stuff. That, all that goes right into into a LibreOffice document. Yeah, it's, it, yeah, mm-hmm. it's the last thing you do. I also do, like, anything that's a, a sort of a more advanced tool, I guess I'll say, is I'll mm-hmm. do on, on my, my local machine. So if I need to uh, modify an image, um, I'll, I'll just do that in GIMP. Um, yeah. For, you know, if I need to create a... Um, a splash image or something for my workbook or for a slide or for my website. I'll do that in GIMP as well. Uh, you know, like logos and certain diagrams, I'll probably do an Inkscape. Uh, that's a, that's that's a a great tool. Yeah. It's a great tool. I love that tool. Uh, you know, and and my, uh, uh, like my business cards and, uh, any print material, uh, like postcards that I have done, things like that. I'll do that in, in, uh, um, uh, in Scribus. Oh so, yeah, yeah. You know that's that's a that's a great way to and like the covers for my books and things I do those in Scribus and so uh, you know I, there there are certain tools I'll use uh, locally because they just they just get the job done better than what I can do in, mm-hmm. in Google Docs. I also kind of like the fact that it's open source. Yeah, but yeah I kind of have yeah. that that clear definition around uh, at least for me what what I'm doing in Google Docs and what I'm doing you know locally and. You know, as I say, kind of at the beginning, it, you know, I, I I need to know where my files are at so I don't get disorganized. Uh, and so having that clear distinction about, okay, my articles for open office or for uh, uh, opensource.com or any other places that I write for, I know they're going to be the drafts are going to be stored in in Google Drive, and I can just go right there. And if I for for whatever reason have lost it, I have a pretty good folder set up. But if I lost if I lost it, I can. Um, I can pretty easily just search for it, and then uh, you know I can find it right right that way. Uh, and if it's something that requires more fine control, then I know I've got that you know locally, and I've got again another pretty good folder set up for what goes where. So it's a matter of kind of navigating for what what file I'm looking for. Yeah, so you're not using like Google Drive as a general storage for everything. you're you're very targeted about what goes there versus what stays local. Yeah. Part of that is, you know, it's the, I probably don't need to worry about this, but I I do about, you know, there's some IP stuff. I'm like, well, you know, it's a workbook or it's whatever. And I'll keep that locally. I probably don't need to worry about that, but I got to say, it's really, it's really handy to have that local. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I actually um, sync everything local from the remote. And I've got something like three or four cloud services because you sort of collect them over time, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, uh, but yeah, I usually have a local copy so that uh, so that if it's something I need to work on locally, I can. But I have a built-in backup, and that built-in backup is huge. And that's I guess that's the other nice thing about Google Docs is or Drive is it's kind of it it's basically already backed up. Yeah, that's the nice yeah. thing about cloud, especially the way that they've done it. Is like, you know, if any one server goes down, it's stored a whole bunch of other places. So, yeah, yeah I don't really have to worry about losing "quote unquote" my data. 
Um, but at the same time, because I know it's like article drafts and things like that, and I don't worry about it too much. Yeah. The only thing I really worry about is like my my presentations that I do for for training. But again, I've got pretty good confidence that they're not going to lose my my data. It's certainly better than yeah. the machine I'm going to run on my own as a server. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, the the number of machines I have I have just had die out from under me. For you know, like oh right, so that that's a five year old machine and the battery just gave in and you can't replace the battery on it or, or you know oh no the hard drive went and uh, yeah no I really appreciate things that synchronize and back up for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I I even have weirdly enough I have a a designated place that I go to to put I'm going to say like garbage files like I I've got a, <laughs> I've got files that I'm like I'm, I'm I don't need to have this anymore but I'm not ready to commit to deleting it where do i put right. it and uh i've got a dropbox account that's that's actually how i use my dropbox i actually use my dropbox <laughs> almost entirely for files that i'm not sure i want to get rid of but i don't really want to have cluttering my hard drive uh i've gotten nasty well not nasty i've gotten reminder emails from dropbox saying fyi your drive is almost full you might want to upgrade and i'm like no it's not growing <laughs> it's, it's yeah, just been no. sitting there for three months yeah, let me let me just go sort of clean some of that out. Maybe I don't need that, you know, PDF I downloaded of a print your own page or something from 19, right. 1999. Yeah, maybe that one can finally go out. Yeah, um, yeah. I think I think we're all digital hoarders in some way, shape, or form these days. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, the the bigger we make the hard drives, the more we're happy to fill them up. <laughs> uh, the worst was. Um, I reached a point where if I set up, if I was going to use an email client that wasn't the Google web interface, it would take something like an hour and a half or two hours to synchronize all my mail. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I was just like, you know, maybe it's time. Maybe I don't need all that stuff from 2007. Maybe I don't. And and went through a big, it was, it was like cleaning out a closet you haven't cleaned out in forever. I'm like, yeah, I can just get rid of all of this. I'm refer to this email ever again um. <laughs> i i try to go through my 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 local hard drive whenever i do an upgrade of my machine right i, I stay on fedora so i'm yeah. i'm upgrading at every new release since that's about every six months or so and every beta and so you know it's a great opportunity to kind of go through and like do i i have to back this up before i of course i back up anyway uh, pretty free right, right. i have to back this up and restore it in order to because that's how I choose to do upgrades. I'm like, uh, do I really need to have all this stuff hanging out there? <laughs> a great opportunity to kind of look at what's my biggest directory, and let's let's explore that one. Nine times out of ten, it's the browser cache directory. Like, yes, without fail, yeah. Um, that and var log. Everybody's var log is just full for some reason. Oh yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> so how how does uh? Well, wait, before I get to that, any other, like, habits or, uh, or like, systematic things you use? Um, you know, the, the being, using the checklists and kind of keeping track of my files, that's kind of it. I, I, I like, well, I'll, I'll, this isn't quite organization, but it kind of, kind of fits. It's tangential, which is uh, the way I take notes is I like mm-hmm. to handwrite my notes. I'm, yep. again, old I'm school. I'm handwriting right now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And what's great about it is I read an article about this when I was at the University of Minnesota Morris as their campus CIO. And, and the, uh, uh, there is actually research that shows if you have to take notes by hand, the act that, because you, you can't handwrite as quickly as you can hear, 
uh, as quickly as somebody's speaking. And so you have to synthesize what, what they're saying and capture it in a form that you can write out in, it, in, a, in the time that you have. And yeah. you, there's a process to that that actually helps you remember stuff. And so if I have to, if I'm just, I find that if I type out notes in a meeting, Mm-hmm. I, that meeting is over and be like, I have no idea what happened in that meeting. <laughs> I, I, and, and I, I can type yeah. really fast. Yeah. But so then it also going to, that, going to memory. Yeah. And then you're that asshole on the call. Who's ticky, 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 ticky. Yeah. Yeah. Which is yeah. the other reason I do handwritten notes is because <laughs> then people don't hear me abusing my poor keyboard. Um, right. <laughs> um yeah. Uh, all right, have to ask since you're talking about about uh, about handwritten notes. Do you have a favorite pen and a favorite like notepad or something like that, or is it just whatever you have? Oh well, in terms of pads, no, not so much. But I do love fountain pens, and so I got oh yes yes <laughs> oh oh wait <laughs> hold on yeah uh, so here's here's my Lamy blackout oh which, yeah all yep. black with a black nib. Um, this is that's another Lammy. That's uh, this is an online I picked up at the. See now you've opened the can of worms uh, that oh, yeah. I picked up uh, in China. Oh yeah, and then this German beast. This is the Echo. Ooh, nice! And it is like the closest thing to an open source pen you will find, short of you know getting the wood turning thing, because it comes with all of the tools to disassemble it and clean it and. I'll send you, remind me and I'll send you a link. Um, but uh, even better though, is if you look at the shaft here, it doesn't use cartridges. The shaft is the cartridge. That is all. Oh, so it's, it, it's got, it has an ink reservoir built into it. Yeah. It's, it's basically this giant. I, I love it. It is, and it writes beautifully. Oh yeah. My so, two favorite pens is the, one of them is the one I got right here, but I couldn't even tell you what it is. It's an, it's an old pen that actually my wife got when she got her master's degree way back when. Mm. And it, the, the logo is like a, a scripted W. Um, uh, are you sure it's a W, not an M for Mont Blanc? It's an M. I would agree. <laughs> it's probably an M. Yeah, so it's probably a Mont Blanc. Yep. Because yeah. it's got France also written on there. So, it, yeah, yeah. It's, that's probably what that is. And so that's a that's my that's one of my favorite pens. Oh, the other yeah. one is... A, is an off-brand Chinese fountain pen that I have that, uh, again, just like you've got, the, the body is the reservoir. And, you know, uh, the nib is one thing, but it's just the, the way that it feels in your hand is another way of doing it. So it's just that those are like my two favorite pens that I use like, all the time. I could, I could go into any store when we were in Western China last year and just like, oh, yeah, here are fountain pens and ink because the the script and the style is, is very dependent on weight and shape of lines yeah, for yeah. school kids. And I was just like, why, why don't we have that here? And then I realized that we're all ballpoint pen users, right? Lately, uh, so I, I, I don't normally go for ballpoint pens, although I will use them. But uh, lately I found that Sharpie – this is I rarely, oh, yeah. rarely respond to ads, mm-hmm. <laughs> but mm-hmm. but YouTube I, I saw this ad on YouTube for a Sharpie pen and I had to go buy them because I'm like I love Sharpie markers and I'm like it's a really good pen. Uh, yeah, yeah. We um when they first started coming out with those, uh, I picked up a couple and they were really good. Um, the problem was that they were in our con kit, so they dried up really fast. Oh, um, sure, yeah, yeah. My my current. 
uh, favorite disposable other than the Pilot Varsity fountain pen, which is disposable fountain pen. Oh, yes. Love uh, that one. Yeah. Uh, is the uh, Pilot Friction, which is oh. erasable. Oh, nice. And it's it's not like the old uh, paper eraser paper. You remember the paper mate eraser mate when those came out? Oh yeah. Out? Yeah. The blue yeah, ones. Yeah. 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 Um, unlike those, it isn't a struggle. It, it it's, it actually works amazingly well. And so oh. like, uh, there's even a notebook special that, uh, built their whole business around. We are a completely erasable notebook and we use, we use the friction pens and here you go. I, yeah, the rocket books, everybody by now is getting tired of hearing me talk about rocket books. I will say, <laughs> uh, but the pen nerds who listen are very excited right now. Oh yes, oh yes. <laughs> um, all right, yeah. Had to ask, but not a not a not into the not into the. I have to have the right paper. Just whatever I, paper. You know, I, I I have certain notebooks I really really love, but in general, I, I'll just grab whatever notebook it, like comes to me from a conference. I've got a stack of conference. Oh notebooks. yeah. yeah. That uh, that I use for all kinds of things, but I do I do have a notebook uh, sitting that credenza right over there. You can probably see on my webcam that uh, is a scientific notebook that has the green grid paper. Oh yeah, you're a graduate physics student. That was that's a that's a nice notebook, and so I'm kind of waiting for the right project to come along before I crack that one out. Is that is that like the lab notebook? Because a friend of mine um, was ph has a PhD in chemistry and was talking on them up. And uh, oh oh oh, he's going to go get I'm it. Grabbing it. Yeah, it's going to go yeah, get the, uh, yeah. the National Grand Computation Notebook. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And it's got the the, the page numbers and the in the corners, and it's just the green. It makes it really easy to read. Uh, you know, but you know, at at 156 pages, you kind of have to. Ha and it's it's eight and a half by eleven, or actually bigger than eight and a half by eleven. It's uh, nine and a quarter by eleven and three quarters. So, you know, it's it's uh, so, you got to so, yeah. you got to commit to this one. Yeah. Wow. Um. Yeah, no, I, I uh, I've talked to at least two professors, um, especially in the in the STEM fields, who are like, my lab notebooks are gold. Don't I just lab notebooks? I'm like, okay, um, so cool. There, and that will make everybody who's into pens and and notepads very happy. And, very happy. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, that's the closest to fan service you're going to get on this podcast, folks. <laughs> so, what does a typical day look like? <laughs> Like a how do you figure out what to do day. first? Yeah. As a as a consultant, I don't really have typical days. Um but I will say that, you know, for me right now with the things that I got going on, I spend most of my morning uh doing coursework. That's kind of when I've mm -hmm. allocated the time to uh have office hours for students. Uh so I kind of do some schedule blocking, right? Defensive scheduling is is your friend. Oh yeah. Uh, so I'll, I'll block that out as, as mostly for time that I'll do for, you know, responding to students, responding to questions, uh, recording videos, uh, grading, things like that, office hours. Uh, and then most of my afternoon is spent working on, uh, you know, the, the, the consulting projects. And so that could be uh, preparing for a new workshop. Like I, I gave a workshop this morning. Uh, that I'm preparing for the last two weeks. And so that was like my number one priority for the last two weeks was to make sure that all my slides were in order and that my workbook was done. You know, it was done last week, but, you know, I just wanted to make sure that I knew my material going into the, the workshop because I'm, I want to be hyper. I'm one of those guys who hyper, hyper prepare for everything. So I, I made sure everything was smooth. I tweaked my slides. Uh, and uh, so that was like my number one priority. 
Uh, and so that, that took up quite a number of afternoons, kind of preparing for that, kind of tweaking it. Um, but yeah, the afternoons are pretty much, you know, where I work on other projects. And so, uh, you know, I'm writing a book and so I kind of carve out time for that. Um, you know, working on a, uh, a project, uh, for an open source project. So I do stuff there in the afternoons. Um, yeah, it's just afternoons are kind of where I, where I do the other work. So it's, it's yeah. for me, it's important to kind of have that break, right? So mm-hmm. it's all the, everything I do before, before lunch is, is one thing and everything I have to do after lunch is another thing. And then you'll finish up with something like this call and go have dinner and not care about it until morning. That's the goal. Try and do that separation. Try and do that separation. Because separation is important, right? It's one of of those things where it's like, you know, you have to, you have to recognize that there's a victory. Mm -hmm. uh, And, you know, you made an accomplishment. You made this, this, this goal, this milestone. And so, you know, like take a break. And so maybe I will be, maybe I'll play a game. Maybe I'll, uh, you know, PlayStation or, uh, right now I'm playing TIE Fighter on, on DOS. And so it's like, you know, go, go play a game yeah. and that's your reward. Uh, and then in the evening, go watch television. So yeah, no, 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 no. And, and, and we'll talk more about that in just a little bit too. Okay. okay good, good, good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in the meantime, um, what's the best advice you have been given and or notice the and or in here? Oh, yes. You would give somebody else. Oh, that's a okay. That's a good one. So, um, here's what I would. Here's what I'm going to say. It's not quite what you what you asked, but it's, a, it's interesting as well. Uh, and that is uh, something I kind of borrowed or modeled from uh, George R. R. Martin, right? The guy who wrote Game of Thrones. Oh, I know George. Yeah, and so he <laughs> uh, he has he he talked once that he's got his secret weapon. He's got two computers. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I think it was on Conan O'Brien one time, and Conan asked him about these two computers that he has. And he's like, "Oh yeah, it's my secret secret weapon. I I don't worry about viruses and who's what's going to crash my uh, my my writing because I got two computers. He has one computer mm-hmm. that he uses to browse the web and do I don't know Facebook, whatever he's going to do, his email, all that stuff. That that all lives on one computer. And he's got another computer where he does all of his writing. And so yes. that way, uh. You know, he's he's providing some separation on everything, and he's protecting against viruses. By the way, that computer he does his writing, do you know what he uses? Uh, I'm going to guess DOS of some sort. As I he recall. does. He runs DOS, yeah. and he runs WordStar 4.0. Yes. I, I actually feel a little sorry for his editor and publisher, because finding something that will read that file format these days is a struggle. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I, one of my favorite pieces of advice is... Um, you know, you're working from home now. Do not use your personal laptop and do not put personal stuff on your work laptop. I know it's yeah. it's difficult. And for some people, it's, you know, more of a financial goal to be able to do that than, than they have the resources for now. But, you know, maintain that separation. It's it's my it's how I kind of maintain my focus on certain things. Like um, I can like probably a lot of people I can get sucked down a rabbit hole for uh you know facebook you know i can hit facebook yeah. and just spend a bunch of time on there uh and so i set it up where i i only do facebook on uh firefox i do okay. all my yeah. other work on chrome and <laughs> and i have firefox set up like to be in like uh the super uh like oh. secure mode where it like blows away cookies when you shut it down things like that right so mm-hmm. it doesn't remember anything 
and so that means I need to log in to, uh, to, to Facebook every time I bring up Firefox, oh. which means I have to think about I'm logging into mm-hmm. Facebook right now. And so I have to go through that mental exercise, like that mental hurdle, be like, all right, so I'm going to go into Facebook. Am I really willing to blow some time on Facebook? Um, and it kind of, I won't say accidentally is not right, the not, not the right word, but sometimes mm-hmm. you kind of, you'll jump to a different website just because you're bored or you're kind of stuck on something. Yeah, and then yeah. you get distracted by that rather than focusing on something else. And sometimes the distraction is good, but um you know, this way it's 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 a little easier to kind of stay focused on what I'm doing because I can't just hop over to Facebook and see what's going because I don't have it running all the time. Um, and yeah. so it just makes it harder to lose the focus when I'm doing something else like writing. You've, you've uh, got that little bit of friction. Yeah. A little bit of friction. Yeah, a little bit of friction. Mm-hmm. And, of course, because I have Firefox blowing away my, my cookies and everything at the end, it, it keeps my browsing private, which is nice because that means that Facebook, you know, has got a lot of tracking cookies out there. And, uh, you know, they got hooks and other websites. And so if you log into Facebook, you log in, you visit another website, they kind of know a little bit about you on the, on each side. And so, uh, Facebook knows nothing about what I do on the web. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I, I, I just, I really feel sorry for their algorithms trying to figure me out because, you mm-hmm. know, chickens, water projects, um, off grid living, uh, expensive computers and pens. I, you know, it's, right. right. <laughs> Um, cool. Yeah, no, uh, that's, and that's, I think that's important. Have that, having that friction, maybe I, now maybe I'm going to try telling it, you know, log out of Facebook on all these things and then only use like one browser. Not that I go to Facebook very often, mm-hmm. um, because it makes me insane. Um, it's like, I have to check in for the bands I follow and that's about it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I, I manage a you know the Facebook uh, uh, group on on face uh, on Facebook, so I have to, the the Freedos group rather than the Facebook. Freedos group, I, yeah, yeah. I have to make sure that uh, I have to make sure that that's that's being paid attention to and let a new members participate in conversation. Mm-hmm. Like that. so I definitely have to hop in there once in a while. So I have to I have to hop in there pretty regularly. Yeah, yeah. Yes. All right. Now we have the last two questions. Oh, okay. And I have begun billing these as the sad but easy question and the happy but difficult question. Okay. So the air quotes here, sad but easy question is, how do you deal with failure or when you miss a goal? Okay. Failure is tough. Um, Uh And I'm personally am bad with failure. (laughs) I can take it personally sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the best advice I got from somebody on that one to kind of call back to the other question, the best advice mm-hmm. I got somebody is to just find ways to get past it. Uh, and so the advice that, that, that my, my friend had helped me out was, was, you know, recognize the failure more, I guess more importantly, recognize why it failed, right? So I'm working right. on a project, the project didn't make it. Why didn't it make it? Right. And so once you recognize why it didn't make it, you can figure out how not to, fail like that again right so i didn't make a deadline like maybe for a workshop or something uh that hasn't happened yet so i'm gonna knock on wood but the uh yeah yeah yeah. well let's say i missed a deadline to prep something and so uh, i had to wing it in the workshop and so we always do like this plus delta in the workshops so at the end it's like what went well and what things would you change so uh the in the deltas i'd i'd hear from them that you know probably something along the lines of you know it it felt like it wasn't well prepared or we weren't 
didn't go very deep on things. And so I, I will, I'll, I'll have to like accept that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, uh, you know, I'll have to think about, okay, wh- recognize why didn't, why didn't it go well? And it wasn't, didn't go well because I, I wasn't fully prepped, right? And maybe I didn't right, give right. myself enough time. Uh, maybe I didn't have slides ready, but I need to recognize why it failed mm-hmm. and own that. And so, you know, be able to figure out, okay, so if that's why it failed, then I can, now I can be more proactive. Once I'm more proactive, I get better at getting over failure because I'm working on fixing it. You know, proactive right, right. guy. So, uh, then I'll figure out, all right, if I need, if, if I didn't have enough time to prep something, I just need to make sure that the next time I work on a project like that, I'm, I'm giving myself more time. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, maybe it's part of my work plan. Maybe it's something else, but you know, I'll need to figure out, uh, you know, maybe it was more time. Uh, or, or like one time, one time I, I didn't, I wouldn't say it failed, but I, I had something I didn't, I was constantly like getting confused in the, in the workshop. Mm-hmm. And when, it, when we were done, uh, you know, the feedback I got was kind of like, it wasn't like very negative, but it was like basically like, uh, it kind of felt like we were searching a couple of times. All right. I talked a lot because I, I talked a lot as a bridge. Um, mm-hmm. and I had to recognize, all right. So the reason I kind of got disoriented in that one is because I didn't print out my notes. I normally like this because this is before I, you know, we, the pandemic this is in the before yeah. times. And, in the before and times, so yeah. in the before times, I'd be able to go and visit people. Yes. And, you know, I, I would normally print out my slides or not my slides. I print out these talking points, these notes. And that way, for some reason, I kind of lose my train of thought. I can look back at the notes and be like, oh, that's where I'm supposed to be. And so I'll pick right up. And that time I didn't bring my notes. I didn't print out those notes. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it's like, all right, that's one of the checklist items that I have whenever I'm get, yeah. getting ready to go to a client site now is print out the notes and make sure they're in the they're in the bag. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's I guess that's kind of the big takeaway, right? So if I if I fail on something, uh, I have to like recognize why it failed, like do that mm-hmm. root cause analysis, right? To put it in IT terms. Right. And and uh, figure out why why I missed it and and then that lets me kind of focus on what I'm going to do to keep it from happening again so I can mm-hmm. just do that. Next time. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, so uh, a quick funny story about having your notes printed out. Um, mm-hmm. Helsinki, two years ago. Was it two years ago? Yeah, I guess uh, three years ago. Three years ago. Um, and they have just announced that my wife has won the Hugo Award for uh, for novella. And so she's got her iPad with her speech on it in hand. And she goes up on stage and she sets down her speech so she can read it. And she can't see a damn thing because the lights are so bright and reflecting off her iPad. Oh, no. Fortunately, she she does the same sort of thing. Like when she has to do these, she rehearses like while she's driving, while she's wherever. So she had it basically memorized. The, the notes were a backup. But she's like, yeah, no, we're just going to print it out from now on. We're not going to like. No, that's, that's, yeah, no, that's exactly it. What failed and how do we fix it for next time, right? Yep. 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 Um, so the happy but difficult question. Yes. Opposite side of the coin. Do you celebrate your successes? And if so, how? Yes, I do. So I learned way back um, you know, when I first became a CIO, certainly that, you know, when you, when you when you have a project that finishes, mm-hmm. uh, you can't just be like, okay, and now the next thing is. We have to you have to recognize your success. 
uh, it recognized the milestone and recognized the hard work people put into it. And so uh, when I'm out, when I, I always did that. It was like, okay, we, we made a, we, we made a milestone. Let's recognize that. Didn't have to be big. Could be, you know, could be something a little smaller, but as long as a recognizable milestone, I kind of apply that to myself now. Mm-hmm. So as a consultant, you know, I'll, I, uh, you know, it might not be that I'm working on a big project, but it might be that I had to write a document or something. Right. And so um, I'll kind of like do that carrot thing where it's like, mm-hmm. if I finish my document, uh, <laughs> I'm going to reward. That's that's when I'm going to have a bottle of Coke. I rarely drink Coke anymore. So it's like, there all right, yeah, yeah, Coke. Yeah. today I'm going to have a Coke, um, you know, or or I'm going to do you know, whatever, like, like, uh, tonight it's going to be, uh, I, I did, uh, today was a whole bunch of meetings. And so we're doing this, yeah. this is the last one of the day really. And, um, had another meeting earlier today and I did a workshop, uh, in the morning. And so it's like, all right, so my, to cap off my, my day, my very successful day, uh, before dinner, I'm going to go and uh, hit the PlayStation. I'm going to just play on the PlayStation for a while. So there you go. Yeah. that's a, that's a way to kind of recognize that I had a good day. Cause I think if I were to, I were to just like say, okay, we're done with this, mm-hmm. and I got an hour before dinner, and I'm just gonna sit on the computer and do email and like write one more document. Then by the time dinner comes around, it it feels like I haven't really broken from the day, right? It's, it doesn't yeah, really. Yeah. You need that recognition that I finished something, um, and uh, that's that's you kind of need that recognition. I mm-hmm. we did that a lot, by the way, when I was at Morris. We had a we had a, a very food based culture there. Okay, yeah. And so, um, and I'm fat. I mean, it's Minnesota, so it wasn't Ludafisk, was it? No, no, it wasn't no. Ludafisk. <laughs> uh, but we had, you know, the Dairy Queen was in town, so you know, we'd, oh, we'd go and yeah. we'd go grab dilly bars, or uh, we somebody would run out to the grocery store and we'd pick up, you know, like cookies or something. And so we just have we have this break, you know, with little team in our in our in our meeting room. We just have it recognized that, mm-hmm. like, all right, we we made a project, or we we uh, we we went live with a website, or we mm-hmm. finished upgrading uh, uh, this building uh, with our network. And so it's like, hey, let's recognize that. And so, you know, yeah, being able to recognize these things is like pretty big deal. And I just try to apply that to what I'm doing. It's just obviously now it's a different type of reward system. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. No, I worked for a company where. Um, at one point we were doing a lots of smaller releases mm-hmm. and the boss, uh, the, the VP was like, look, uh, we're doing releases so often we can't have that, you know, maybe we'll, we'll have a, uh, you know, maybe there'll be like a, uh, you know, a cake or maybe some cookies, but we're not going to do the big thing for every single release. And I think that did have a little bit of a, an impact on morale. Like, yes, we will have a big blowout once a year because we work hard all year long and we do a lot of stuff. But, you know, in terms of that, oh, yes, we just released 11.1 and we're going to go out to the bar on the company like that stopped. And I think it I think it did have an initial impact on morale. Right. You gotta have that recognition, even if it's yeah. it, again. It doesn't have to be big. You, you can heck as a as as a CIO, I would bring in I would bring in cookies. Right, Rams at Rams County. I'd bring in cookies and be like, "Congratulations, you did whatever, and I bought cookies for you." Um, that's that is a small but important recognition. People are like, "Oh wow, he, we we recognize that we did something." Um, it wasn't just another thing on the checklist of things to yeah, do, which it yeah. was, but it's a, it's a big thing. 
Oh yeah, yeah, and uh, I think um, one of the things I think that that colored it was that that also didn't incentivize us to make improvements to the process. Right. And that's and that's the other big thing. It's like, well, if what I'm doing is not, you know, oh, look, it's a big release, but, you know, it's a big deal for everybody, but the people who are actually doing it, then, uh, you know, then there's a lot of motivation is lost. One of our things at my current job is we're deploying, we're, we're deploying so many things in so many different ways, and we're trying to make it easier, and we're celebrating every single deploy, um, you know, every single production deploy, big big deploy, release, or whatever you want to call it. Even in even if it's a small celebration, we're like, we did it. We we did a good one, and these are the improvements we made over last time. And I I think, you know, we we only get together annually anyway because we're a distributed company. Um, so, but but even doing it like that virtually, hey, look at what a good job we did, is really important. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't it doesn't have to be an in person thing. I just say if you're distributed, yeah. you're getting people together and being like. Let's recognize that we just did this, you know, good job, yeah. oh, yeah. good job, staff, good job, you know, whoever, right? Good mm-hmm. job, everybody, for doing, you know, what you did. Because you need yeah. to recognize it as well, right? And, that, and mm-hmm. that's real context. You need to kind of, can't just be, you know, yay. It has to be like, I appreciate what you did, and I appreciate what you did. Just like find a way to recognize that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, we're big enough. Um, it was funny. Uh, I worked on what I considered a smaller project. But my manager thought it was significant enough. We send out uh, updates to the rest of the company, like what our team has done, our team accomplishments for the last two weeks. And and my manager was like, so tell me about this and what it took to get that going. Because it was – and I'm like, it was – I, I didn't feel like it was that important to be called out that way, but okay. And it, it just feels good to know that – you know, even that little bit of recognition, most companies don't do that, and it's important. Um, and My, if you're doing that for your people, then, you know, you're loads ahead of many former managers I've had. <laughs> my my very first job is probably what, what instilled that in me, because my, my very, very first job out of college, I worked at a geographics company, and I was the systems administrator. And I created this process where uh, it used to be like you had to come into the server room and sit down at a particular machine and type, log in and type in some commands, and then you would get a result and you'd write that down on a piece of paper and you'd take it away and back to your desk. So people were always having to get up from their desk, come into the server room and go back. And it was big interruption. So I'm like, well, let's just, this is in the days of Telnet. So I set up a Telnet, set up a Telnet so that way they could Telnet to it from their desk, Mm -hmm. uh, from their Windows XT machine. And then, um, uh, uh, our Windows NT machine, and then uh, uh, I had a script on the other end, and so they would just log in, run one command, which batched together like these four or five different things, and yeah, had yeah, there for whatever. And then at the end, it'd be like boom, and it was done. And they could copy from that mm-hmm. Telnet session and paste it into a document, which is really where I needed to go anyway. And so I just did that, posted it on the message board. I'm like, hey, this is how you do this now if you want to do it. And uh, put it in the in the in the server room and everything. And so suddenly, the uh, the CIO or the CEO came to my office. Yeah. With a little plastic penguin. Okay. Uh, yeah. gold, little plastic toy penguin. Uh, and that that was the reward. It's like want to recognize that you did this. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Here's a little plastic penguin. And 
up until then, I hadn't recognized that there were a number of people around the office that had stacked these little plastic gold penguins, <laughs> gold penguins on their monitor or on their desk because that was that was the recognition. It's like after it seems silly. It's like oh, you get a little plastic penguin, but it's like it's really cool to be recognized even with a plastic penguin. Yeah, I mean we've we've laughed about it, but I know some people I've talked to or had on the show are like, no, I have little gold star stickers. Yep. Just like, yeah, and if if I do something good or I have a good day, I put a sticker on that day in my planner, and I'm like, that is awesome. You know, just that l- – even a tiny little reward over a successful thing is is huge. Very important. Very important. Yeah. So. Awesome. Um, all right. So um, uh, that's it. Uh, have you got anything to – Share with the lovely people who are listening right now, um, or do you want to tell us where we can find you on the internets? Yeah, you can find me at Hallmentum. That's my uh, consulting company, and that's uh, just H-A-L-L-M-E-N-T-U-M, Hallmentum.com. Uh, so I do uh, uh, training and workshops and coaching. Mostly I do, uh, as I said at the beginning, mostly I do uh, IT leadership. Uh, yep. But leadership is leadership. So I, I also help organizations with uh, general leadership development as well. Uh, and then this morning I did a training session on how to make a great online presentation. So uh, if you uh, need any of that, uh, I'm happy to uh, happy to help out. And that's not a sign up and show up at the hall 30 minutes early if you want to be to learn how to do a great online presentation for our in-person. No, it's yeah, it's, yeah. it's uh, definitely reach out to me and we will uh, we'll talk rates. So it's uh, uh, but it's yeah. a pretty good package deal. Yeah, and uh, of course I will link all of your great articles on opensource.com. I'll, I'll link your opensource.com profile. Um, but yeah, that's that's that. Um, thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Always a lot of fun to talk to you. And um, for the people at home, we'll be right back after this. I really enjoyed talking to Jim and we have a, a weekly sync for the opensource.com contributor group. And it's always great to, to see what's going on uh, with Jim and all the people associated with opensource.com, several of whom I'm going to try to get on the show in 2021. So yeah, um, our word for this week, our badge code is FreeDOS in honor of the FreeDOS project that Jim founded. And basically freedom only with an S instead of an M. No, no. Uh, free, F-R-E-E-D-O-S. That's DOS. how you spell freedom only with an S instead of an M. So it is. Didn't even sink in. Oh. <sighs> Look, I just kept, I was focusing on the DOS part. Uh, uh, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, free DOS. Um it's a great project. If you're tr- you're running uh, old games, you may have it embedded in things and not even know it. Jim's the guy who got it there. 
Um, so yeah, uh, check out all of our badges at productivityalchemy.com where you will have a place to put in badge codes to claim them. I've done some tweaking to make it behave better again. So now you accurately see the badges you've earned on this the My Badges page. This is what you get page. for having said it was fixed earlier. And uh, I called you on your hubris even then. Yes, yes, you did. Uh, but it was at least an easy fix. Good, good. It wasn't a hard fix. I've already had to do the hard fix once with that site, so knock on wood. trying to climb in my lap. Uh, Shaw is just asleep on the laptop, and I have access to his little pink and black toe beans, and he's not even blinking as I am massaging them. Okay, there. He, he's, oh, oh, God, the stretch. Kitten stretches are the best. Oh, yeah. They really are, and all their toes spread out. And, yeah. And when you see it done, you have to say, oh, big stretch. You it, are required um, by law. Right. Oh, his brother's asleep in the in the cat bed. Yes, that I yes. keep back here. So yeah, um, sleepy kittens. It's it's a thing. Yep. All right. Anyway, so if you go to the website, in addition to the badge codes, you can see various ways to support us and mm -hmm. what we do. Yep. Uh, uh, tell your friends. Tell your family. Tell random strangers on the street. Uh, but uh, if you want to give us money, you can. But as we keep saying these days. Please give it to someone else who needs it because we're doing okay and the world is full of people who really need help right now. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, charity that uh, is worth checking out is the Navajo Water Project. Oh. And this is uh, the Navajo Nation, uh, the vast, I think, believe the majority of residents do not have running water. It is a very remote part of uh, the desert. I have, in fact, been there and it is... It's. I think the estimate is that to get running water to all the residents would take something like $700 million. Yeah. And uh, the U.S. government is really not interested in doing anything about that. The problem is that uh, there is a global fucking pandemic, and it's really hard when you don't have running water. Mm -hmm. oh, uh, yeah. They are, in fact, the, uh, the Navajo Nation has been harder hit than any state in the U.S. Mm -hmm. they, they have lost a larger percentage of their population. And so the Navajo Water Project is basically trying to get plumbing if possible, and where it's not possible, they're doing some really cool stuff with cisterns and water trucks yes. uh, to uh, bring in water once a month uh, that in filled cisterns, solar panels to pump the water into the house. It's it's really cutting edge stuff. It is uh, native led by uh, you know people who grew up there, so you know it's not white savior complex people coming in telling people how to do things uh worth checking out anyway navajo water project that's my plug for the week <laughs> no that's 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 a phenomenal cause and and i mean just uh, our buddy shep living five minutes to, you know okay like two minutes down the road yeah uh, yeah uh, without running water it, you know we have all been confronted with how incredibly difficult it is to deal with you know lack of running water every time we travel somewhere where we have to bring water uh that was it's, yeah it's yeah i mean uh, and even though water was in theory plentiful when we were in rural tibet there was still a lot of okay this is snow melt it needs to be boiled first everything needed to be boiled yeah yeah and uh and you just kind of got used to it, but mm -hmm. it's still a remarkable pain in the ass. And yeah. these are people living right next to a fairly large river. So, uh, yeah. but 
Uh, yeah, and whereas in the desert, uh, in the Navajo Nation, you have people who are having to lug uh, 10, uh, basically 50 gallons of water or whatever a day by hand a mile or two. And it's like, you know, this is this is not sustainable. Um, it makes life a lot easier when you don't have to do that. I, I remember in Botswana, we all got paranoid as hell about mm-hmm. not having enough water with us because we were staying frequently in places that did not have running water. Yeah. And so it was like, okay, load up whenever we're in a town. And it was months before either of us could go anywhere in a car if we did not have bottles of water. You know, even after we got back, we were like, okay, You no, still can't. It's, it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. Just, and I think that's, you know, we living as we are in a first world country um i don't actually think we're using first world uh phrases anymore aren't we uh westernized developed country developed countries yeah Yeah, okay uh correct me correct me out there internet i i don't know what the what the correct nomenclature is please help me um but living where we live and having access to clean running water is a fucking amazing privilege. And the, as soon as you don't have it, all of a sudden you realize how much you rely on it. Like whenever the freaking well pump breaks, which it does reliably about once a year for some reason, and you're having to raid the rain barrels to flush the toilets. I mean, you know, we're winter storm will knock it out for a couple of days because we won't have power. Yeah. Right. There's, there's a whole lot of things that can go wrong. Um, and, but there are people to this day, in this day and age, in this country, for fuck's sake, that don't have access to, to running water, let alone clean running water. And that's, yeah, quite that's, a few of them, actually. It's, yeah, and it, it's scandalous. So anyway, yeah. you can do your part, throw a little money towards uh, getting that sorted and uh, make the world better. Yeah. So that's it for this week, folks. Uh, it's been great spending time with you, I hope. I hope you've had a good time spending time with us, and I think we will be talking to you again in about a week, unless you're following us on Twitter or watching the chicken cam or or something like that. In which case, you'll see more of us than you possibly want to. It happens. No, we can go watch Midsummer Murders. We can, and that's sort of my plan. Is is there, there are things to watch and things to do to unwind after a long day, and maybe a book to read. So, uh, on that note, I'll send it as soon as we're we're done. <laughs> y'all, uh, y'all have a uh, as good a week as you can. Do your best, and if nothing else, stay productive. No, with, if nothing else, stay healthy. Stay healthy. Yes. Um, so, how about if you can stay productive in whatever that looks like for you now? There you go. All oh right. God, this book shames my ancestors. It I'm does not die. shame your. It never shames your ancestors. Someday it will. Uh, No.